Sankarshan Joshi trip. Hello, Vaishak Dutt. Welcome back. <laughs> Hello, Joshi. Thanks for having me again. I was really super excited to talk to you. In general, every time we meet, every time I talk to you, I am like super excited because I absolutely don't know what we are going to talk about. And uh, it's always interesting. Like anytime I talk to you, it's always, we always, the minimum amount of time we talk, every time we talk is 30 minutes. That is is a minimum. Yeah. The equivalent is like, you know, when uh, some relative comes home and... (laughs) Every time, every five minutes, it's like, okay, chalo, like, let's talk some other time. And then we ended up talking again, like another five to 10 minutes. Again, we say goodbye. You know, my, my dad actually liked our podcast because he's... Uh, really uh, interested in all those spirituality, all the spiritual stories and all that. Like after talking to you, my dad asked a lot about you because it seems like he knows a lot about these stories and it was pretty interesting. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. And there were two instances where I uh, thought about you. Okay. Like two. Yesterday on the call, I told you one where, so the other yeah. day when I was eating my dinner, uh, I thought about what you said on the last podcast. You said uh, r- uh, religions, like any religion is like rules and guidelines for humanity to follow for betterment of human life. And then like I kind of said like rules, it kind of like sounds pretty uh, on, it, it has a lot of like negative connotation. And the other day, so I made a rule for myself that I am not going to, look at any screens like mobile phones or TV post 10 o'clock because I know what is going to happen. Like I know me and I know the pattern. So I end up either watching something and, uh, and I end up sleeping like pretty late at like two, three o'clock. So I have seen my pattern and, and I put this rule for myself knowing if I don't follow this, what's going to happen. So, so then I thought, fuck, like in this sense, like rules make sense. It's like, now yeah. I know what my negative pattern is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And like, yeah. you know, uh, we to put, up, put two guidelines out there, not guidelines, but what is that called? Disclaimer. Before, disclaimers, <laughs> yeah. The first disclaimer is, uh, this podcast is subject to inter- interruption at any point of time because of my puppy. It can happen anytime. You might show up on camera, some shit might go down. But that's the first disclaimer. And the second thing is like, you know, like opinions, thoughts, and like yeah. personalities change over time. So what I might have said in the last podcast might not be something yeah. that I believe in right now. And it, and it, my opinions can change. change. I think it will change, honestly. Yeah. And like, I think honestly, unlearning is as important as yeah. learning. So to unlearn and to like rewire yourself every now and then yeah. it's, it's, it's something that everyone must do. And like, yeah, like what he said, where I kind of still do think more than rules, guidelines or something mm-hmm. where like each religion has set out something for people to follow. And I think some sense of that is required for people to stay in a community. Yeah. So for us to be in like, you know, 
like i think it gives everyone a sense of identity it's a good thing to have a sense of identity right yeah so if you end up following a certain set of guidelines which was laid out to you by a religion i think it gives you a sense of belonging within your own community yeah i think you would have observed this right uh, like let's say you meet a fellow indian when you're abroad and you know that like when you were brought up in a similar way by being brought up i mean like you had yeah. a similar guidelines that were set down to you by your parents when you were growing up there like, is context you know? yeah yeah this context and like you know there is some sort of similarity and i guess that allows for yeah. you know uh, people to get together and be as one and as much as like it gives a sense of belonging to the people of the same category i think it's really interesting and a beautiful thing when people you know understand the guidelines of other communities yeah. as well so there's that sense of harmony coming into play and oh uh, yeah it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing to watch when like when people who clearly have different you know ethics or upbringings you know bond over something similar or understand something and get together it's it's nice to watch like yeah. you know like you, you've seen those heartwarming pictures where like in maharashtra where you know uh, people were doing uh, namaz during ramadan during uh, you know under the ganesha stall pandals or something like that right it's it's nice when like things yeah. like that happen i guess but yeah uh, thing about rules you know setting them for yourself and like that being you know it's 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 something that's like you know an oxymoron in a certain sense uh uh jordan peterson uh, yeah. the clinical psychologist i yeah, i love that dude yeah yeah so he has a book called uh, 12 rules 12 rules for life yeah so in that like he says that like in his like in in the introduction itself he says like you know accepting the rules and like it's it's the way to freedom is something that he says so mm. it's it's an oxymoron that like you know and an irony that rules are the way to freedom once once you <laughs> accept your rule that's what takes you to freedom uh, for example something is that none of us have anything in our control right yeah so we don't have anything in our control be it anything in our lives or in other lives we can't control anything and accepting that i can't control anything is more freeing right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. true true creating in a certain sense so whereas like let's say if you could control everything i think that would be more restricting to you rather than not having to control it i think when people think that they control everything that is happening it's like they are in charge right like when they are in charge they want everything to happen how they want it to happen so usually when someone is in charge like they have a set of directions like where they want to go and they want to go in in that direction and yeah like that gives a sense of stress to when you think of something and then it doesn't goes uh, like how you want it to go yeah i mean like people are different uh, certainly like to imagine yeah. this uh, you can take like, two scenarios one scenario would be to let's say you were a project head where like you had to you know control what everyone was doing under you give tasks delegate tasks and like make them report to you and like control each and every aspect of the you know project then like as a head you would find that really some people thrive on this but like 
I think in general it's a very stressful thing, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. when you're trying to control, and then things don't go according to plan, and then. But whereas, like, let's say you were working in that project, and you had like a set 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 of rules, like, you, know, you had to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, and then you just follow them. I think that's that's a that's more much more experience, easier, and it's much more uh, liberating. Yeah. It's it's it, I think it's freeing in a way. It's 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 freedom because you don't have to think much. You just have to go out there and do things. I, and I think that's why like people accept religion in a way because yeah. Let's say when you were born into this world and like you were born in a particular religion and and that religion said hey don't don't do this don't do this don't do this do this do this do this. You just—it's easier for you to just accept that and then yeah. just move on in life. I think and rather than accepting, it's—it's it's faith, right? Like, so you know that nothing is in your control. So the part which you think is not in your control, you—you you leave some spiritual entity responsible for that particular thing, and you have faith in that spiritual entity. So that gives you a sense of comfort that everything is gonna be be all right. because you have given power to that entity like you have faith that like some external power uh does this make sense interesting i i my brain doesn't work that way <laughs> but i think i can i can understand that argument for sure i go uh, a lot back and forth between uh, this free will and uh, like nothing is in my control like like yeah. like i have i i i like my opinions on this topic change every single day because this is what i feel okay like i've come to this conclusion which will definitely change might change so the conclusion is that it's it's 50 50 like there are few things that you can control and there are there is a 50% of the aspect that you can't control like whatever you do is in your control whatever happens to you is not in your control so now when i'm talking to you whatever I'm, i whatever i am talking to you is in my control whatever you say back that is not in my control which inevitably inevitably yeah sorry too many english yeah. words yeah so which inevitably okay. affects the course of uh, time that we are going to have on this podcast for the next like however long that we talk for yeah this thing is like explored in like almost every religion and it's like something that like you know class you know atheists used to you know like checkmate the believers they say like hey like if you're free to do and if free will exists and like if god has everything planned out how do you explain that you know yeah, checkmate yeah 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 it's a classic argument which atheists use and you know there's also another thing which they use hey if god loves everyone why is there hell like you know <laughs> these these are the sort of things that uh, you know atheists uh, classic atheist arguments and this thing that you just said you know free will what's in my control what's not it's like explored in all religions we speak about this in our last podcast where uh, in bhagavad gita where krishna says karmanyavadi karaste mapaleshu kadachana uh, he says that like do whatever you have to do and like leave the consequences to the oh, almighty yeah to the almighty yeah. in essence is telling like this do your shit dude like <laughs> rest time this time take care that's literally what he told arjuna like yeah bro like you're a <laughs> yeah he actually said bro <laughs> he said bro you are a kshatriya you're meant to fight right and there's this movie called rama rama re and it's a beautiful kannada movie 
directed by D Satya Prakash and Satya Prakash or Sat- oh I hope I get his name right I'm so sorry if it's wrong like it's it's a beautiful movie and what's the, yeah, lo- the end, movie like, name could you just repeat the movie it's called Rama Rama Re and I, and okay. I sent you this the final song between Krishna oh, and oh yeah 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 so so in that like i think it's it's a more heart wrenching rendition of that conversation where like arjuna says like hey i'm i'm feeling really scared like they're all my you know they're my cousins and, and i grew up with them they're my teacher they're my like grandparents and like they're people who i looked up to when i was growing up and like i feel really scared like it's not that like I don't want it's just that it's it's really scary for me and he, he like, doesn't have the stomach to kill people of his own family yeah, it's stomach and it's conflicting and all of that and then krishna says like 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 a brother only he says like when like in in that song it's so beautifully written he says like vada golage bhayakta like i'm feeling scared and then arjuna sorry krishna says back that like nanidini sumniraya like i'm there like why why are you worrying and then like you know and he says i don't want to fight and then krishna says how can you even forget your dharma like it's it's your job it's your duty right you can't forget that uh, like you uh, a gardener cannot come randomly one day and tell i won't cut plants right i mean in a certain sense like it's your duty right now and you have to fulfill it the outcomes are never you know they never in your control again so leave that to me leave that to me in a, in a certain way is telling like don't worry about it i think don't if worry i about the output my, yeah yeah if i had to apply that to my life like even if i don't believe in like krishna being like an entity like you just said a spiritual entity it's it's just something that like it's it's freeing for me to realize that hey if i just do this it's enough i can't really control what the outcome is going to be yeah. so it's like it's a very beautiful thing that's told in bhagavad gita that way and like for people who you know get bogged down or like are not that interested in reading actual sanskrit verses and like the translations or like just the you know like the raw material as such if you, if you watch things like this and that's what is like really beautiful to me about storytelling where like there that entire thing is like told in such a hard wrenching and you know gut wrenching way but it's so beautiful and like yeah and it, it you can just see that and then uh, other religions have explored the same thing of like if yeah. you have true, you have true, free true. will and if you do have free will like what's in your control but yeah it's 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 interesting and it's it's and like i said again in the last podcast where like it's extremely hard and like borderly humanly impossible for a human to you know just do what he has to do and not expect anything in return yeah. or not worry about the outcome it's it's impossible <laughs> in in imho in my honest opinion i think those are like left for like ascetics who say i think you can still or, try to right like see you can i mean you can tell yourself to not but yeah, to yeah. practice it 100% is see is this is what this is what i believe okay from this perspective like don't expect the output usually people when they do something right they are more fascinated about the output than the process let's say you you like doing stand up comedy you do improv and then you also direct plays you you write right so what yeah. if 
the whole and sole uh, purpose of you writing that is because you like the response that you get from the audience. Like after the show is done, if you want everybody to stand up and like clap, if that is what you aspire, then that will also be reflected in the work that you do. Like if you if you like. the part about writing the story and then directing the play if you like that and not think about what you're going to get from this i think that's when this the art form or whatever you do will be pure right so let's say if i'm working for money and that is the only reason that i'm working for that means i'm definitely not happy like i'm just pushing one day at a time i i, I just like i just cannot because and i'm saying myself that i'm getting money in return so i'm just pushing through but if i like what i'm doing let's say uh yeah like if someone pays you for doing stand up comedy and like what more do you want like so it's like yeah. when you do something for the sake of something else then yeah the process won't be pure like if you look at the, yeah it's interesting like and like i could argue that like you know if i write to solicit a certain response from the audience who's to say that that isn't a pure intention in itself right so okay what do i mean by that like let's say i'm an improv comedian right uh hopefully i don't know what i am but <laughs> let's say like uh, like we've had this discussion uh, whenever we have performed the bisi bada boys whenever we have done a show it's like we have realized that like some scenes we do uh some improv scenes we do just to get that response from the audience so like if we are performing in a pes crowd pes university crowd we know that what are the things that we can mention that can you know get us yeah, that what response. works yeah what works like if i tell a hey, construction site we know people are going to lose their shit yeah because they can relate to that joke PPS construction shit smart comedians. Let's say they can relate to it. Oh, ID card. Where's your ID card? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, isn't that also the part of like doing improv? Like, it's not something. See, uh, in this aspect, like audience response is also a part of the art, right? Like, it's also the part of like doing that. I guess. I guess. But like, uh, we have done this side of like you know, like you could call it commercial improv, where like the only goal is like entertain. right but like as like we've progressed in our journeys and uh, like we've done this for quite a while now and we have not only done commercial like but we've also you know been and improvised with uh, other improvisers from bangalore and like other parts of the world uh, where they are so much more dedicated to the craft and like mm-hmm. they're so much more you know focused on like the improvisation aspect as such and like you know how can they work on the scenes and like basically not go for the lowest hanging fruit and like you could call that like art like you know what's that like in this commercial cinema and then there's like uh, art films you know yeah it's it's like that so there's one side where like you can do something that's really entertaining and fun and then there's another side which like you know is truly very artsy and you can stick to that and commit to that and do it and we've we've done both sides like we've seen both sides and like where we guys are right now is like is right in the middle because uh what i personally believe in is like yeah to be dedicated to the craft to be as an artist you know truly be immersed in it and like doing that 
is all fun but like end of the day like you have to you know give people something to latch on to so uh i think it's it's an equal uh, it's it's like a the response the i think the giving what from, people want is also part of uh being a comedian right i mean like it's a it's a fine balance between like, what this thou also just can't give what people want like it's it's because then like it doesn't get, it, it doesn't stay exciting enough for you to continue and that will affect you personally so uh there's a song uh, uh there's an uh, you know Kanye West he he released an album called my beautiful dark twisted fantasy after like a whole uh you know controversial saga with like Taylor Swift and stuff this was back in 2010 So Kanye West released this album called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy like he you know went into he went to Hawaii and like for two hours and like worked his ass off and like he came out with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy which is the best like arguably the best album of this century maybe I mean like <laughs> technically speaking like like you know objectively speaking it's it's so good all the songs are so good it's easy for people to enjoy to it's melodic it's grand it's luscious it's it's extravagant it's maximalist it's it's pure like art like if you go into a french museum and you see those paintings uh, with like extravagant details like art deco it's 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 magnificent right so to compare this album with a building is to like see this those extravagant yeah. buildings museums that you see in france right so this was his album uh it was beautiful it had luscious sounds and everything and then next album after that is an album called jesus and in that it's all of that stripped down it's like noise it's like it's noise it's industrial it's grimy the, to compare this album with uh a building would be like like a brutalist concrete building just just like a concrete building that's all no pain nothing but like it's still structurally intact but like it's it's bare minimal bones it's, it's like not art stripped down. it's not it's it is art arguably for some people concrete buildings are beautiful who do you know, what do you know but like it's 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 it, i love that album too but like it's it's all of that stripped down and into this so in this it's like noisy it's like it's harsh it's acid rap and like it's 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 all things together and like the first song is a song called on site and on site it's like there's a line in which the chorus goes he'll give you what uh he'll give you what you need but it may not be what you want mm. right so it's 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 him telling to his listeners that i'm going to give you music it's what you need but it's not what you want uh-huh. because people who just listened my beautiful dark twisted fantasy they wanted that same sound that beautiful melodic you know instrumentals and stuff but here it's 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 totally different so it's telling this might not be what what you want because you might expect the old kanye but this is what you actually need and i think for an artist to stay relevant or to you know keep progressing through his art and to stay true to himself you have to make bold calls like that and yeah. change your sound and do stuff like this so coming back with this thing in line i guess like why i started doing improv in the first place is because i was happy after watching improv shows mm-hmm. like i laughed right so like if i saw some improv show they did like oh art full amazing scene building character building 
was all that but like i didn't laugh like i wouldn't you know it wouldn't make that much sense for me so what uh, how i got introduced into the world of uh, improv was by like danish set and sad khan and their improv india their their group where like the joke is danish set putting on nagraj accent and be like hey rascal that's it's a oh crazy guy oh lo lama best best joke of my life so i think that experience where like people have lost that lost their stuff and like i think it's that's an essential aspect as well but for me to also keep doing it like i i must feel like i am improving in my art and yeah. like i'm doing i'm i'm getting better as an improviser progress then it, there should be progress internally yeah. yeah i should feel that like i'm improving like if i keep doing the same jokes again and again like it gets boring yeah and uh, i can make the same analogy with movies so what got me into like my favorite genre of movies is fantasy so uh which like which is me in a nutshell like i'm i'm like <laughs> i fantasize about fantasy uh but like <laughs> like i'm obsessed with like fantasy movies like fantasy worlds and uh which also ties with why i love mythology so much na mind of mahabharat because they're all in a certain sense fantasy they're all uh fantasy stories they're like larger than life and all of that like you know amar chitra katha yeah 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 amar chitra used to like have a like they used to advertise their ramayana and mahabharata stories with like an ad which said rama's wife was kidnapped he got her back <laughs> if ramayana was so simple it wouldn't be an epic so like that's how they used to think five brothers fought with 100 brothers <laughs> the five brothers won if mahabharata was that simple it wouldn't be uh, an epic so that's how they used to advertise it and <laughs> yeah so like this was my introduction into this but now as i've you know grown uh, and like what i'm saying is like my interests were birthed when like i i saw stories like this i saw mm. i read about ramayana mahabharata i saw these and that's why like people are so you know such hardcore fans of uh fantasy series like harry potter percy jackson chronicles of narnia lord of the rings that's why like they, they have star trek star wars right they 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 such so attached to it and like they such hardcore fans of the format just because it's it's like a world to be lost in right yeah so now that's that's what i was you know into and uh that was my place but now even though now i watch art movies where like which are art movies like truly art made for like the craft of cinema some are like bizarre absurd you know some are cryptic some are tough to understand tough to digest whatever now that i do watch and appreciate them it took me a while to tune myself to those things and like appreciate the nuances in such cinema but yeah i think as much as this side of of cinema is needed for me to you know tune my brain this side is also as important for me to remember why i fell in love with this experience in the first place and why mm-hmm. it gives me so much joy right like even now if i tune in you know turn on game of thrones by the way the last season sucks <laughs> so even though despite that season 3 if i watch you know the red wedding and season 4 uh, i watch uh 
Tyrion's trial and like all those those moments are like hardwired into my brain. Like I know where I cried. I know what season two, episode nine, the, the Battle of Blackwater that ends and like the reigns of Castamir, the song plays and like oof, the goosebumps I had for the first time. It's it's still there with me, right? So I think all of this together like is what you know shapes a person and like yeah, true, true, like, true. It does. Yeah, I think like growing up, I've heard a lot of stories too. Like on the previous podcast, I told like growing up, like my big grandparents told me a lot of stories, and uh, I think that when it comes to storytelling, right, there are like two aspects. One like what happened there, and the other other thing is what are you taking from there from that story, and whatever you take is so subjective. So when you look at cinema, right, or, or when you look at uh stand up comedy or any art for that matter you take what you feel is relevant to you like you like when you said when you watching game of thrones you were connected to few screens because those screens those uh scenes spoke to you like you could associate something of that part to yourself and i think that like that's the whole part like like even when it comes to like hinduism or mythology all the stories right this is what i love about like all the mythological stories it's that when it comes to ramayana there are different versions of ramayana and and in like one version of ramayana uh, ravana might be the villain and there is an entirely different stories and entirely different perspective of ramayana from ravana's perspective and this is what i think is true because there is no one truth like there is no one single uh one single truth and fact for everybody it's 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 very subjective there's no universal truth so i think that like when you're looking at uh, hinduism or when you listen to all these stories you build your own perspective towards the stories like when you say you like mythology stories you have your own perspective on it you have your own take on whether this is right or whether this is wrong or whether uh, like the way how they treated this person is right or wrong you have your own perception and this perception makes your character right yeah exactly and it's it's to like you know rephrase what you just told what did you tell about the two things that matter in, in stories hmm what is told and what you take yeah i think uh, uh my way to rephrase that would be like what matters is what is the story and who is telling it is what matters so if i was a child and like if my when my granddad was telling me the story of mahabharata in in his head like in uh, you know or when my dad was telling me stories of mahabharata in his version if like he if his favorite character was arjuna my favorite character would be arjuna too right because he would get excited when like he talks about arjuna and like you know glorify him and all of that but like when my dad's favorite character in mahabharata is karna and that's why karna is my favorite character too and like objectively you can argue or whatever but like that's enough for me that that's why he's my favorite character and like for when uh, if you observe in marvel fans where uh some people like iron man and some people like captain america like if the first marvel movie you watched was iron man 
chances are you like iron man <laughs> if the first movie you saw was captain america chances are you like captain america more right and if you are a black person then like you will obviously like like black panther context. right it's yeah yeah context and it's like who told the story matters just as much as what story is being told so like you said there are multiple versions of ramayana so there's a version of ramayana where ravana is the hero yeah <laughs> and yeah it's it's it's, it's uh, where like in the end it's almost as if he like the author in that uh, calls Ram, ravana's you know why he kidnapped sita was because of a lapse of judgment and like it just happened and like it was like that one small chink in his armor which he couldn't you know control so it happened and in the end he defeats rama and lakshmana and like he gets he ties them both and they come and they surrender to him and then ravana you know somewhat like out of being a better person he like you know returns sita and stuff like this there's that version so like let's say you were told that as a child rather than the traditional ramayana version that you say chances are ravana is going to be your hero not rama or lakshmana right so uh, what what story is told matters just as much as who is telling it so that's why like we associate our grandparents or our parents or our teachers telling us stories just as much as the stories themselves right so like when we spoke about krishna sudama story last time you immediately went a hey, my grandmother used to tell me that right so just as important as what you took from krishna sudama's relationship was the very fact that your grandmother was telling it it's yeah. it's sort of like ingrained in your head the same thing happens with like you know uh are uh, uh, you know human relationships let's say you had uh, a, a romantic relationship with your uh, significant other and like both of you shared a song right like it was a song that you used to listen to in 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 the car or whatever right uh, just as much as the song like you could argue like the song is good or song is bad or whatever just as much as the song the memories associated with that song matters just as much yeah do you hear that's why you hear people telling like hey like my ex ruined that song for me like i can't <laughs> listen to that song anymore because it puts me it puts me in a bad head space again and like people associate certain objects or like certain things with those memories and with people and i think it's beautiful that way and like hey they ruined that song for me like give me that song back like they ruined that song for me and or maybe like if it's a good thing and like let's say uh, you and uh, your granddad used to like a song a lot and now your granddad's not there anymore and that certain song plays again it takes you back to that warm place of love and affection and and it doesn't matter that like you know if the song was actually good or not it yeah. doesn't matter like let's say you and your uh a uh, friend uh, really like this movie together and that movie is a trash movie imdb 3.8 rating yeah. but like both of you like both of you liked it like maybe for the wrong reasons like you like hey what a shitty movie this is and like you watched and like you laughed and like you have memories associated with it. it doesn't fucking matter if it's imdb 3.8 anymore because you have all those memories associated with that right 
so it doesn't matter if it doesn't yeah. you know the hangover is not comedic gold or like it's cheap comedy or whatever if you had a good experience with your friends watching that that's all that matters now right yeah so and uh, it does it, it, it doesn't matter a lot yeah and like to connect these things back to like the free will and like you know uh, do we are we in control of what that argument to bring this full circle is that like me telling why it's humanly impossible for us to just focus on you know this thing because as humans all of these things matter to us like other people laughing other people crying so it it matters and like just as much as me staying true to the craft what matters is like people the sense of community and like is it bringing people closer together this mm. aspect of it matters just as much so which is why it's humanly impossible because that's what makes us human in the first yeah. place yeah i think uh, it makes sense because even when you do a charitable act right you you're expecting the other person to to feel good like like even when you do something there is also a part of expectations uh like yeah i think it is like close to impossible to do something by not expecting anything it's close to impossible but yeah i think what you're expecting the nature of your expectations like i think that's what matters like are you uh, expecting the other person to be like happy or do you are you expecting the other person to feel bad uh yeah i think the nature of expectation matters like when you look yeah. at from the perspective yeah. that you say yeah definitely i and like yeah it's not wrong to have expectations it's just that sometimes it's nice to tell yourself that like it doesn't matter the outcome doesn't matter yeah right sometimes it's it's i think it's it's nice to tell yourself to embrace the joy in the in doing the act itself so like when you're going to buy a gift for your friend it's it's sometimes nicer to tell yourself that like hey me spending time thinking about this person and what they like and doing this nice thing for them getting this gift packing it writing a letter and like you know sending this doing this is making me happy rather than them finding it and be like oh my god this is the best gift ever <laughs> that doesn't matter what 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 matters right now is like you finding joy in doing and like i think it's a nice thing to do right otherwise like i think it's also motivational in a way like if you were a cricketer and you know obviously you should like have a goal which is like hey i'll score a century or like i have to win this particular tournament or whatever but like to stick through those practice sessions is to tell yourself that i love cricket i like practicing i love the game and to just stick to it and like you know and like to endure uh, the pain of the process you need to love yeah. the process yeah yeah i think it's nice like when you obviously started working out you obviously had a target weight and like target body fat percentage or whatever all that stuff but like end of the day what mattered was like you enjoying, enjoying working out process, every day just yeah. like hey go to the gym and pump you know 80 kgs of bench press how much sir <laughs> go how much do you bench <laughs> uh my max for now is i think it's like 70 i did like two or three but yeah like i have yeah, so bad <laughs> is like fucking going to 70 kilos doesn't matter if like i have you know 
John Cena chest or whatever. In order to reach there, like there is, I mean, like in order to do like a seventy kg bench press or like a sixty seventy kg squat, in order to do that, you have to go through a lot of uh, horrible. uh gym time like where you don't like like there is pain you have to endure that pain if you don't like that pain and if you're not having fun with it then i don't think you're going to reach that goal so yeah makes yeah. sense yeah uh, yeah it's, it's all like full circle like coming back to improv where like for me to enjoy improv obviously like i would like want x number of people to show up to the show and to get y number of laughs and like for z number of applauses obviously it would be nice to get a standing ovation i mean like i wouldn't be like hey beta <laughs> okay like, hey, stop guys, it guys please. please stop it <laughs> standing ovation like i just like improv and like i did improv because i like doing improv standing ovation it was not as like no one would do that like of course it matters but like for me to you know be committed to the practice sessions and all of that i think falling in love with the yeah. act of doing things itself i think you're making people I, laugh right like i think you are making people laugh even if you're expecting something that expectation is making your audience happy which is a good expectation to have like it's a part of uh, like improv or comedy it's a part of making people laugh which in turn makes them happy so here like whatever expectation you have it's it's a positive and good expectation nature of expectation as we spoke earlier yeah i think yeah like yeah just like you setting a target goal for yourself with your workout i think it's the same thing here right it's when like people make movies where like maybe quentin tarantino goes like hey by the end of this movie i want people <laughs> to be excited like oh i want people I to want go kill to, <laughs> yeah i want them to be energetic or like if christopher nolan goes by the end of this i want them to think you know like if they, if they maybe that's the expectation and then they went into the process maybe yeah have you heard But an interview guess, uh, in in an interview christopher nolan uh, like an interview he asked christopher nolan uh, some people like it's complicated for audience to understand whatever you uh, you make so what do you think about that he says fuck them like like he doesn't care about like what audience feel Like I, I think that's but partially he, the reason yes. why he is Christopher Nolan. No, but but he does. It's not like he doesn't. Right? <laughs> yeah. If he if he, he really didn't, he wouldn't it. release it. If he if he if he really didn't care, he wouldn't release it. You just walk, you take a nice CD, burn burn it, burn one CD in the studio, go to his home and keep it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. like it's a part of filmmaking process is to show it to the audience. Yeah. And, and like. exactly what makes us human so I, i instead of like arguing that you know you should just focus on doing the task and not worrying about the outcome i think you know like telling people that it's it's right only if you focus and have no expectations i think it's more you know freeing and like a nicer way to phrase it is like expecting is human like it as human beings we are bound to this and that's what makes us us right we we're not we're not like you know wild animals where like they just go on live about their life and not worry about One consequences or yeah. yeah like we what makes us human is and what brings us together is the very fact that we expect and like we want things we want people to do nice things to us 
like if i am going to get married to a yeah. person like i expect them to do nice things for me right like sumne marriage no but see 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 like i think expectation is an innate nature of human being but uh, i think that expectation also brings sorrow right like the nature of your expectation when you expect someone else to make you happy then i think you are bound yeah. to be sad because your yeah. happiness is depending on someone else making you happy yeah like i think you can escape the, those sorrows right by not expecting no but like that's the core fundamental principle of buddhism which is ase dukha ke karana like desire is the number one source of misery to expect is to feel sad oh yeah oh right? yeah oh yeah this this takes me back to the time like in the initial lockdown phase you know in the past one year like so much of my ideology has changed initially even i had this very uh, or like when i was reading gita this might sound very dramatic but when i was reading it uh, like of, of all the things going around in the world and then i was at a very different like place when i was reading it and then when i read this like desire like don't have desire uh, for a couple of days i just snapped like something uh, a, a kind of a mini like short term re- revelation where like for a couple of days it was very different for me like i was looking at my parents very differently and then like there was a moment when i just snapped back when i realized that you not having a desire is also a desire like a desire to not have a desire like there is no way uh-huh. that you can escape desire like when when this thought hit i was like yeah like nothing makes sense at all like that is my conclusion when i look at uh, like me and my dad uh, like when i started this podcast i told like there were two instances where i thought of you right this is the second instance so in our family we have a lot of spiritual like discussions like debates like my dad has we all are very strongly opinionated uh, people and when we start talking it's like we are st- like standing on our grounds and we when we start eating it's like the plate is like almost dried but we're still like like talking about it so my dad is has his own like opinion he he is very much like very well educated he he read a lot of stuff and he has a lot of knowledge and i have my own like perspective like nuance perspective and my sister has her own perspective which like we we it's like we discuss all the different perspectives like like too many it's like it's almost like we are arguing and fighting over spirituality but yeah it's so then i also like thought about you <laughs> like when we were yeah, discussing about the stories Yeah, it's a similar thing. What happens in my house is like my dad has his opinion, I have an opinion, <laughs> and like we talk, <laughs> we talk ends with mom being like, "Please calm down, please." please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just because you are talking so angrily, like don't don't show it on your hunger. Like please eat one more chapati. That's how it. That's how it ends. <laughs> so it's like then we'll be talking. My dad will be eating. Ah, sakuta. Enough. I'm done. <laughs> It's like this one is set up for Mahabharata. This didn't happen. Like, wait, I'm not gonna eat my meal now. Yeah, that and like political and all that stuff, right? And then my mom will be like, "Hey, don't show it on your uh, on like what time I'll do this comedy? Like, yeah, like please, <laughs> will you eat at least half chapati? My dad, no, I can't go. <laughs> But like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a fun thing and. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, the fact that like your family like you guys do that I love the fact that we do that because when I'm arguing I am like I want to win that like I want to put my point so much that I don't listen to what my dad says sometimes so when the conversation ends 
and i start thinking like whatever my dad told and it makes sense i was like oh yeah like whatever my dad told from his perspective it's absolutely right and he, i mean like obviously making it sound so dramatic it's not as dramatic as that i mean but yeah i think like as like these discussions keep happening we change and like our relationships change and like we learn to be more accepting and like our our, our thoughts and like our, our opinions mingle and like we both new opinions all together i mean we, we uh, are like discussing and fighting over uh, something educational right like there is some take away from this it's not like we are discussing about oh like we we not we not bitching about someone else's family oh they did that this that at least we are having something like worthwhile discussion like i think that's where the nature of upbringing uh, like comes into picture so this like they taking back to context like however i am brought up like whatever stories whatever discussions i have had like i have context and this context helps me gain different perspective over different things my dad is like a like huge fan of rama like he is <laughs> he loves rama a lot like even the whole like ramayana like when he starts like talking about uh, like how what rama had to go through like all the pain and suffering he almost has like tears in his eyes like he's so empathetic towards that that character and then that god and so that th- that influences me too like adding to what you said earlier yeah and like uh, for me uh yeah and like for me like going back to how it matters like what who to, who tells you the story like how much it matters in like your own head is like why i love karna so much is because like my dad also like one of his principles that he has given to me is to like you know like if you see a beggar on the street or like if you see someone who who's needy and you feel like giving something if you if you get that thought like Hey, I should help him. Then, like, don't hesitate. Just help. Like, don't think about it. Don't think if that beggar is like fake or like if he's running some racket, you know, something or like if the child is actually his. Don't think about that. Like, if you felt like giving in that that one split second, just do it off and mm-hmm. and don't think about it ever again, right? And this comes back, and I think that's why Karna is his favorite character as well. Where I think Karna hearing. looking at karna stories like reading karna stories and listening to them is like and also um the first play i went alone to rangashankara was a play called karna rasayana which was like excerpts from you know from pampa ranna kumara vyasa all of their things taken and karna story told in that way so like that's why karna is my favorite character but in that like when my dad and amar chitrakarta as well like a lot of memories with that So like Karna exposed me to a lot of things that like hey like even if you are I think it was it's it's a very uh, touchy story. It's it's touching and like it's it's like what do you say? It's a harsh story for like a young person. Like when I was just like nine, ten, eleven years old. If you come and tell oh, me yeah. that being good all the time does not mean you're gonna win, I think it's hard for me to swallow that because. And then Karna was good throughout, and like he was, he was good, and still he died, and that too he was killed in an unjust manner. Like, like how is this fair, right? Because he was on and the side of bad uh, force. I, I, that's your argument, yeah, but for yeah. me, I don't care. Like, why did Karna had to go through? Why, why did he have to go through that? Mm. And like, it's so unfair in his whole life. Like, 
first he is birthed out of kunti and kunti just abandons him and that's the first thing where like she's just discarded and then he he's raised by a charioteer and like then he goes and like then like all his life he struggles to get education because he knows he's talented so but no one you know no one gives him the proper training because he is not of the right caste and like this this like you know uh, also you know exposed me to caste injustice in in like how i mean like it made me think about that so like no one trains him because he is of low caste and finally what he goes to parashurama and parashurama uh, in in the guise of a brahmin parashurama hates kshatriyas like hates them like he yeah. circled the circle the 13 times to wipe kshatriyas of the face of the yeah. planet so and uh, parashurama's only policy is that he give, he is going to give training to uh to brahmins so then karna goes to uh, parashurama as a brahmin like he you know fakes his identity and he goes there and like parashurama trains him and like he's an amazing amazing you know yeah archer, archer. whatever like he is the best warrior out there and then one day like parashurama comes and like on one tired afternoon parashurama comes and sleeps on his lap right and then a beetle an insect comes and like stings his knee right and and that that insect is eating karna's knee like like it's eating it up right and like his legs are bleeding and they're bleeding and then but he doesn't move an inch because, because if i'm sleeping on his lap he's got like my my master my teacher who i really love the, the teacher who taught me everything and i really love he's going to wake up and i don't want to disturb his sleep so he doesn't move an inch and then parashurama wakes up and he sees his thigh and it's bleeding and he's like and parashurama shocked like how could you sustain such an injury like how like like how how could you like go through so much pain, pain. it's not possible for a brahmin to go through this oh. you have to be a kshatriya because you like you because they eat non veg and what not so it's it's impossible for you you have to be a kshatriya and then and then karna tells like yeah he tells the truth about himself that like yeah i am a kshatriya and i'm not a brahmin and for having being so loyal and for loving your teacher so much he gets a curse in return so parashurama curses him that like at a time when you will really need all of my knowledge you will forget it so uh you will forget all that i have taught you at a time when you desperately need it so that's the curse that he gives him so I'm like how can the world be so unfair where like you were so loyal to your teacher and you loved him so much and still you get a curse like what sort of fucked up world is this and then he goes to pandavas and like pandavas so you and like parashurama is an avatar of vishnu like if god like vishnu is god and like if god can be like that like who am i even worshiping right so then he goes to pandavas pandavas were supposed to be the heroes of this story right who who are like who them themselves are going through a lot of injustice these guys treat karna like shit again like they call him lokas they call him sutaputra and like what what's happening and out of all the people durvana who you really want to hate he's the one who shows compassion and they become close friends and they become the best of friends the best friendship like ever right so like then like are they really heroes if they if they treat me like this and like that happens so this is the second injustice and then he goes 
to Draupadi Swayamvara and like Draupadi just looks at him and she says, Chi, like, who is this guy, right? Right. And like he drops the bow and then he just leaves. Like he doesn't even attempt to. He doesn't even do that. Like, like how can how can how can a person be so hateful just because they're from a lower caste? Like, what? And then like and then after that, like the war happens. And then Krishna, right before the war happens, he comes over and like he reveals to Karna that you know that you you are not low caste and like you were born of you know you are actually Kunti's son. Imagine you are brother of Pandavas. Yeah, you are the eldest son, and in fact, you are Yudhishthira's brother. So if Pandavas win this, you will be the rightful heir to the throne. Like you will become king, right? So that's what that's the thing that Krishna says, like. He comes in like this was like right before the war, and like Krishna has like master plan, right? Uh, is that you know, is that I will go and reveal this to him basically to mess with his head, to mess with Karna's head. And like, there are only there are two things that can happen, right? If he does, if Krishna goes and reveals that Karna is uh Kunti's son, one thing is that uh, Karna can be you know, oh. Can be like, hey, Kunti is my mother, and he can come and fight for the Pandavas. So that's a win. If not, Karna is is a good person, so he will get mentally affected by getting to know this news. So then again, it's it's a profit for them, right? So, so like either which way is they wanna fuck with like Karna's like mental space. Yeah. So either like he'll yeah, come yeah. on this side, so they will win the war either which ways. The outcome of that's the strategy. It's strategy and like he goes and he says, uh, I I remember Kumara Vyasa's verse where he says like Lalane Pade Dangaidal Makra like Neen Modalige Hotes. And like he says, like uh, out of the all children, you were Kunti's first son. And then to imagine, just imagine how Karna would have felt, right? All his life he has been, you know, deprived like of shit. good education. Deprived of good education, deprived of you know respect, marriage. People people were looking down upon him. Deprived of respect, all because of his low caste. And then he realizes he wasn't low caste at all, and he was high caste. Like like he's he's of upper step status. Like to get that, it's like how fucked up should your fate be for things to be like that? And despite that, like he doesn't you know he's not like. Shit, I regret my life. Karna still like the sort of person like if you give him an option to go back in time and like, would you change your life if you knew that you were of upper caste? Then like Karna would say no. My life, despite whatever, I I, I don't want to change it. And I'm so happy that I got to meet Duryodhana and like we're such good friends and all of that. That's how loyal he is, right? And he says that. And then like after much debate and all of that, uh. Karna agrees that I will not harm the Pandavas except Arjuna. So Krishna got what he wanted. Basically, Pandavas are going to be unhurt from Karna, right? So he got what he wanted. And then Indra to protect Arjuna, he comes disguised as a Brahmin. And like Karna, when he was born, his special gift was he was born with Kavacha Kundala, which is like an armor and earrings, mm. which is like protects him from everything. So oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Indra comes as a Brahmin and he asks him, "Can you?" Give your uh, what do you want basically? Karna says, I'll give you anything that you want. 
because he's a brahmin right like he respects and when brahmin comes for yeah. for begging for something then like out of respect you give whatever they ask hmm. yeah i think it's a it's a, it's a general policy in like kshatriyas who to like donate and stuff and karna is like very respectable karna yeah karune comes from karna right <laughs> karune means sympathy karna means kindness kindness sympathy and all of that danavi is a shuddha karna that's what they say right like he was ready to give anything away he was a warrior he was he was magnificent all of that and he just gives it away and then indra is like what oh, the yeah. hell like he actually give it to me like what like dude how 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 can you do this like this he could protect your like, life this armor could no, protect he, your life and he just gave it away like without even thinking for a split second yeah indra was so taken aback from from the kindness or the way how uh, uh, karna just gave this away kindra gave uh, this lightning thunder yeah. to uh, karna and karna uses this to kill gatoj kacha right yeah yeah that happens and like he saves it for arjuna but like he he has to use it and then finally his chariot gets and then like you know his, his chariot gets stuck in what like mud or somewhere yeah, right here Yeah, and I remember the Amal Chitrakata cover, which is like him trying to remove his wheel from the mud, right? It's him. It's like him trying to move it away, but it's stuck in the mud, and that's because his charioteer abandons him. And uh, there's a story behind that as well, which is, uh, but like his chariot get, uh, gets stuck in the mud, and and then Krishna and like they come and they murder him. Like he's without weapons. stuck in the middle of nowhere with his charioteer stuck like what an unheroic death for such a hero for a person for such a warrior to be killed in such a fashion like what like all of these things it made me feel so like it it, it messed, messed with me. your head it didn't yeah. mess with me but it's it, it, i wouldn't say it like messed mess but like it, it was just like it created strong opinions in your head like it, it created strong thoughts yeah. about certain topics yeah and like it, it was it revealed a lot of things to me and to see such a sad story or like to see such injustice in a in an epic which is all about justice and like good winning over bad and like all of those things in 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 a story like that because till then all stories which i read were like hey good versus good evil versus evil he will lose his good and that's the end happy ending ever after and to see even like mahabharata is such a story where like at least in its when i heard it initially where like pandavas are good kauravas are bad pandavas beat the kauravas and they win but to in this story to see something that was you know the wrong doings of the pandavas and to see injustice like i think that like shaped my perspective towards all other stories as well yeah. and like that's why which was a very strong and valid unique perspective this yeah, perspective is like unique to you right good and bad yeah. Yeah. that's why i see like good and bad in like everything now like last time when we spoke about valivade i i argued how like sugriva had an evil side to him as well and like khawali had a good side to him or everything right how rama had a good side how rama had an evil side like I, I told that last time how much ever of a beautiful son Rama was, 
he was wrong, like he was a bad husband like that's an argument that i made and like you might but also that, right like, like about like, this about this like me and my dad we recently had this conversation about this like this exact topic about like rama's uh, questionable uh, uh, part as a husband to sita so so you know my dad like so confidently said uh, uh, he he gave few instances from like a different perspective of ramayana there is like different different perspectives like there is one perspective of ramayana where shiva says ramayana to parvati so this is shiva's perspective of ramayana so in like different different perspectives like if you are if you want to know why that happened there is an actual reason to why rama did that like i there is a reason yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so this is not uh, like i mean like when you when you pursue this when you want to if you are curious about why this happened to any spiritual act in in any of indian mythology there is like in different different stories or different vedas there is a reasoning to why that happened and why it happened that way so yeah i think we should yeah what i'm telling is like there might be a reason but end of the day it doesn't take away the fact that he wronged sita or like sita felt bad when these things happen right like what exactly thing, do you think like that went wrong and which like that rama did wrong as a husband is it the agni pariksha thing where he uh, he asked sita to uh, jump in the fire is that what no uh, i'll tell you this uh, no 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 it's, it's not as like you know straight forward as that but like no can no, like the thing is Okay, to answer this, and I'll tell this story later. Okay. Uh, to answer this, is, uh, this thing, what I feel is like, yeah, Rama had his reasons, whatever. Like, okay, do you feel Dashratha should have sent Rama away? Like, Rama was his favorite son. Uh, you think? No, see, uh, okay. So to this part, right? Like when Dashratha gave his no. word to his wife that, like, he'll he'll take any boon. so dasharatha didn't want rama to go to exile like it was rama took that decision to maintain uh, to keep the word that his father gave to his wife so out of respect for that word, rama went but like should... but like dasharatha didn't had a choice to not tell it at all right but he like he could have denied kaikeyi completely yeah but he gave but a like word no but like he chose yeah yeah he did i'm telling you that like i'm i'm telling that like this yeah like dashratha had his reasons for doing that like he had given his word that's the reason but it still doesn't beat the fact that rama was unjustly sent away into exile okay, like okay, such a okay, okay. right if you are like literally like mm-hmm. rama, rama had his reasons for like for, for treating sita the way that he did but but like should he have i don't know i mean it's it's a it's a moral dilemma and like it's something to ponder over so the story what i is not just agni pariksha what uh, i am you know what i'm not saying rama is a bad person or anything i'm just saying there's this side to him as well where like you know uh, he sends uh, sita away to uh, valmiki's ashram and that's where she gives birth to lava and kusha right yeah. right okay okay let me just put this in context right why does rama send uh, sita away because people are talking bad like sita was away from rama for 
12 years you know like 13 years and like what we don't know anything about her so like rama can't handle the gossip so he says like for the better of both of us and like for me to have respect as a king i think you should go away from her now i think no, i don't think see 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 uh rama so, is so a wait. very idealistic person like according to my father and if i talk to him about this he definitely will tell like what actually happened like not every version of ramayana is no, no, no. Yeah. I, like the right or ideal <laughs> yeah no no i'm just telling like like i'm telling you why i think like this because okay, okay, okay. i it's it's my cynical it's it's like maybe my cynical side which tries to see the wrong in good as well right i think how karna's story impacted me was in this way where like even in an ideal world an ideal person can have like bad qualities and even the worst character can have good qualities right and like okay rama had his reasons he's ideal and in fact one of his uh, other names is purushottama which is basically means uttama purusha like the perfect man right so that's another name for vishnu as well so uh, despite that like he sends pregnant sita away right so is that something that he had his reasons not saying he didn't he sent sita away okay so is it right for a husband to send his pregnant wife away like shouldn't he take care of her and like she goes all alone and like uh, there's a poem which i read which goes like palubidal kalmaram karaguvante right uh, which uh, forget, i forget i think it's by lakshmisha from jaimini bharata i'm not sure don't take my word on this but uh, in that like palubidal kalmaram karaguvante basically means that sita cried in so much pain and like she moaned in so much pain that it caused trees and rocks to melt like almaram karagonte like trees and rocks melted because of you know sita's agony so you can imagine sita like she's all alone in the forest like she's trying to find something to eat she's pregnant and she's pregnant with twins and like she's not getting anything to eat and like she just in that poem like he like heart-wrenchingly you know describes how much pain she is in like she he says like she talks with plants and like animals and like questions why like why why did she have to go through this she was separated from her husband for the past 12 years and the same things happening again like why like why does a woman like what what went wrong like why does she have to go through so much like what did she do to deserve this like is her past lives karma so bad that like she's suffering like this now like what what's the reason right and like imagine that like a pregnant woman woman not having the love and care of your husband and like suffering so much right and that's what she that uh, faces and then like she finally goes in and finds valmiki's ashram where like he takes her under his care and like then lava and kushar born now lava kushar don't meet rama until they're teenagers so what rama does is he does something known as ashwamedha yaga and in ashwamedha yaga what they do is they take a white ideal horse like it's a beautiful stallion and then they just release unleash the horse and like wherever the horse goes to like to whichever kingdom they stop and they ask the king over there so they say like you should either like you know come under the king now or else be ready for war that's what ashwamedha yaga is right 
so they send and like so behind the uh, ashwamedha uh, or the ashwa is like so like rama's army is coming and that has like lakshmana and you know hanuman and bharata shatrughna all of them and like basically rama's army right so they they go and then they stumble upon that so they go to various kingdoms and they fight they win wars some kings fight and they lose and other kings they agree that hey I'm, no one's ever going to go against rama and like they make truce right but then finally the horse comes to valmiki's ashram and there they see lavakusha and lavakusha say no we are ready to fight <laughs> right <laughs> they 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 are like oh we're not going to strike truce or whatever and those two idiots they they, they beat rama's army entirely like did they, they know they that rama is their father no they didn't know rama was his father they don't know who they're fighting against <coughs> so like in in such a thing those two idiots they defeat hanuman they defeat everyone and then then news goes to rama that like oh like his army calls like yo so like two kids are beating a ass please come <laughs> right and like these things uh, were like uh, father uh, meets a son or a child who he had no awareness about like it happens babruvahana as well like arjuna didn't know that babruvahana was his son and like similar thing over here where they come and like rama meets them and then like he realizes that lavakusha are like sita's son and then they're like they're his son so like they a big happy reunion happens and they go back right i'm i'm, I'm like breaking a lot of things down but this is what uh, the story is so my question to you is which sort of good father is not with their children for like the first 12 13 years of their life like is it right for a father to do that like to not be with his children like what sort of father does that like so is rama still ideal he's he's a bad father like he abandoned his sons like imagine lava and kusha if if their friends asked him who's your father and they told we don't know right Mm. what sort of father puts through puts their children through something like that right so all these things factor into the opinion like still like i find a lot of admirable qualities in rama and like i still love him and like whatever he's an ideal hero but i'm just saying that like nothing is black or white ever and like and that's what like the story of karna taught me and that's what like that's how i will approach life and like all stories in general it's to like see the bad in good and it's to like be aware of the bad in the good and to appreciate the good in the bad to me right? this is spirituality right like to me this is uh, see i have never like every time i listen to story like so far like even in the previous podcast there were there were few uh, stories or few versions like i i disagree with you on few terms but i but i'm okay with disagreeing with you but i'm not against it because that is not the point of all these stories the point of all these stories is what opinion have you created what lessons have you learned from that which you're going to apply it in your life like so far you told me that the karna story like all the wrongs that has happened to karna like so many people abandoned him like all the bad things that happened and also like everybody idolizes rama and there were few aspects few few aspects of rama's story that you felt weren't right so even looking at all these negative things you have your own perspective and lessons you learned which you're going to apply it on your life right 
so yeah i think this is what the entire hinduism is about like what's the point of having so many versions of one story what's the point of in few versions the gods are wrong in few versions the uh, the rakshasas the evil entity is wrong but it's like you have two contradicting stories but if the whole point of hinduism was to give clarity then they wouldn't have so many stories the point of uh, knowing all these stories is to create your own opinion like like this is what every time i argue with my dad like this is what i tell him like he has his own opinion he has his strong opinion and uh, i say that you have to give freedom you have to learn get your own perspective and you have to have your own uh unique perspective of that story you will definitely have a unique perspective on the story when you told me karna story right uh it gave me goosebumps actually like like i think like even when you were telling you were kind of getting emotional like when you were telling that story because uh, like you could empathize with like whatever happened to him and also uh, looking at whatever happened in your life whomever you have met in your life you pick up stories from them and then you relate it with karna's story it's very like like there is no way that me and you are going to have the same perspective on a story because my upbringing entirely different your upbringing entirely like two different contexts so yeah like two different co- inevitably there needs to be like different perspectives like there's no way around it yeah you have to have your own perspectives that's why stories are so important and that's why uh, people tell stories to kids in the first place so that they can form their own opinions and like you know all of that stuff i think it's beautiful and like like you told you might not agree with me like you might not agree of my judgment of rama's character your dad might not and like some other person might come i might come across who doesn't like rama at all right like for a woman might not uh, like rama at all because of how he treated you know sita it, it, it's all these things are possible and like it's it's fair it's no opinion about this is wrong <laughs> what you learn is what you learn right and uh, yeah i think uh, this is like karna story probably is like what makes me like stories which are not just one sided it makes me see things not just as bla- black and white but as shades of gray so that's why like my favorite fantasy stories are like game of thrones like in game of thrones there is no good there is no bad like the, the good characters can die anytime the bad characters win it's it's morally conflicting good characters take questionable decisions all of that like it's so fluid like things change at any time and that's why i like that a lot i like the witcher series which is also like about a witcher uh, who is like a Henry monster Cameron. hunter yeah yeah that one but like there's a uh, polish novel series okay, by andrei okay. sapowski and there is a video game as well which which is what has influenced me so yeah and like you uh, if you look at mythology from like other lands so like if you look at greek mythology of like the story of chronos and zeus and everyone like even there like they're so morally conflicting like zeus is the god of lightning or like he's the god right but like he had to murder his own father to become the god like there were there like there were like two factions called titans and gods back then and like 
Zeus, there was a war between the Titans and the gods, and like Zeus had to marry his own, uh, sorry, murder, <laughs> not marry. I'm so sorry, <laughs> murder his own father to become a god, and like Cronos uh, is Zeus's father, and Cronos had to murder his own father to become the king or whatever, and like uh, he used to eat all of his sons as soon as and children as soon as they were born, so that like he could. keep his throne or whatever right so like these morally conflicting stories excite me so much and like the whole god of war yeah the whole god of war game series where like you kill gods it's 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 fun right and like to see this uh, you know moral side like this morally conflicting side where like a father would kill his own son just to keep his throne or like stuff like that it's like it's 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 interesting and like it shows sides of the human mind and how we humans are and like it's it's nice to explore we are a very multidimensional like, yeah. species like we uh, like even our thoughts it's not two dimensional it's not one dimensional it's always three to four dimensions there are different layers to a thought there are different intentions like there is different your intentions might be different the actions might be different and uh, exactly exactly it's like too much you might know that there some things are wrong but you you still end up doing a lot of those things right mm, right yeah. we we do shit like that that's why we are human but <laughs> yeah why why do people cheat in relationships all of that stuff right mm. we you know morally things but like things happen so yeah that this is like my whole that, that's why like i'm so you know blown away by storytelling that's why i like writing and the whole thing like exploring the nuances and like reading in between the lines like what did the author think about when he was writing this or whatever yeah that's this whole thing yeah, yeah. good talk yeah yeah i mean uh, this is what makes us humans like like we have been saying for really long time uh i'm sure like all the things that all your perspectives about the stories affected uh your life for sure it has affected my life so now let's say uh like in a ramayana in the whole like sugriva and rama story uh like in my perspective uh like rama uh, like l- l- on the previous podcast we spoke about the the sugriva and the uh, the rama that story right where sugriva support sorry rama supports sugriva uh, because he is right and like wali like he he he's on he helps sugriva defeat wali because sugriva is right this is what like, this is what i heard growing up and even though wali was strong and could bring ravana down easily he still took the side of sugriva this is this this is the version that i heard growing up so there were times in my life where uh, i chose good over power there were I, there were times where i chose Uh, a loyal friendship over something that i wanted very badly so now like rama wanted to get sita back and wali could easily bring uh, ravana down he was that strong but he still supported sugriva because sugriva was was right and he supported the righteousness so this thing regardless of if it is right version or wrong version this helped me make so many decisions in my life which i am proud of like which even though i knew i was tempted the other way i like i was like i took 
the decision which i felt was right because of this story so it has been like so many things have been ingrained in my brain and yeah i think that's the whole point of like everything like we yeah. all should be curious yeah <laughs> our, our childhood experiences memories and like the stories that were told to us they, they do influence us a lot and yeah like my part of me loving mythology so much is that like they used to put the ramayana uh, cartoon movie on pogo and on cartoon network or whatever like, this is like recently like quarantine times like no i i watched it multiple times but like i i looked this movie up and like the japanese animation the, the japanese art style yeah. animation yeah yeah, yeah. that was actually because of an exchange program between japan and india so like oh. japan yeah japan like to like appreciate india's thing uh india's culture and diversity they made this ramayana movie so it's like japanese anime actual anime artists who did that yes. so you can see that in the movie where like it's all like all anime sort type sort writing and all of that shit is there <laughs> so it's like so cool and like i can imagine like you know the Anuman is my favorite character from Ramayana, and because yeah, and the reason for that is because there's this scene where like uh, Jambavan, like he says that you don't know the power that you actually have. Like you, when you were a child, like you were so powerful that like you went to eat the sun itself, and then Anuman's like, really, I'm that powerful? And then, like he starts playing, and then like he gets bigger, 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 and then he starts flying. Like as a kid, like whoa, Anuman, bro. You're, you're the shit, bro. <laughs> like, how you can fly? You're strong, and like him lighting Lanka on fire, and like that. That in in the movie, it's shown like something as playful, but like I've 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 like read and like seen darker versions where like Hanuman is angry and like he literally burns Lanka up, right? So I've read both sides, but like it's it's so fun. Like what I I I saw that entire movie during quarantine last year sometime once again, but yeah. Though that's why like things like that have like really stuck with me. And God of War Two was the game which I played when like back in seventh grade, eighth grade on a PS Two. My parents shouldn't have allowed me to play that. It's an eighteen plus game, but uh, so yeah. So like that, having played that is like also like you know gives me a lot of memories and like why I approach stories in like in certain ways and stuff. But yeah. Yes, it was. It, it's always amazing talking to you, Aisha. Like, like I love talking to you, and thank you so much for like for telling all your thoughts out loud. Because I think there should be a healthy discussion, intellectual, like healthy uh, sharing of intellectual thoughts to get like different perspectives on stuff. So yeah, like we all should be curious enough to know. Um, shit so thank you so much vaishak for being here <laughs> yeah awesome awesome good time so but like yeah uh, what people should like i guess like we should not forget our childhood roots and like what we you know what we learned back then the stories we heard back then like revisit them sometime see them from a different perspective if possible right like and you know see that and like now i'm like doing this uh sort of like analysis or whatever with like the music i listen to so like i observe the writing the poetry in that and 
it's fun. It's fun to do this. <laughs> Try it out sometime. I, I approve. Recommend it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Bye, Vaishak. Bye, guys. If if someone has come to this point, uh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Wait. Let me. Do you want a goodbye for my puppy? Yes. Okay. You know. Yeah, now, like, I don't plan for one person. I plan for like two people. So it's like. Like when you told podcast, you have to record at like one pm. I have to be like, okay, I'm. Will I be free? But will also Miru be free to be a yes. part of this special spe- special guest? But yeah, we're featuring good. Miru. Like, yeah, being a dog dad is all my life. It's all. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Take care, everybody. Love from me and Miru. Take care. Bye. A Sankarshan Joshi trip.